You're listening to Connecting Minds, the Student Mental Health Podcast, brought to you by the Union of Students in Ireland. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Connecting Minds. I'm your host, Sarah Hughes. I'm delighted to be introducing you today to Melinda Griffith, CEO of Belong To, the Irish LGBT youth organisation for people aged 14 to 23. Welcome, Aninia. You're very um, welcome. Thanks very much for joining us today. Delighted to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, so as I mentioned in the introduction there, you're the CEO of uh, Belong To, which is an Irish LGBT youth organisation. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the work that the organisation does? Sure. Well, um, I joined Belong To six years ago now, um, but we've actually been around for 18 years. And we started as a, as a youth group. Um, the founder, Michael Barron, had been working in the city centre um, and had noticed that there were a lot of LGBT young people coming into the service that he was working in who were experiencing homelessness. So um, he uh, got a group of activists and advocates together and um, they, they, they started Belong To. They got some funding together and they, they opened the doors of Belong To. So it started very much as a, as a peer support group for, at the time, LGB um, young people in Dublin. And we've grown since then. So now we have um, five groups that meet uh, pre-COVID, met face-to-face and now online. We have our new young persons group. We have an under-18s and over-18s a trans and non-binary group and an LBT women's group as well. Um, so at, at the heart of it, what we do is provide a safe space for young people aged 14 to 23 to meet other young people who've had, who are having or have had similar experiences um, uh, to them in terms of coming out. I mean, it's a very, the LGBT community is very diverse, um, you know, and everybody's journey is different. But the one thing we have in common is that coming out because mostly people are read as as being heterosexual and being cisgender which is having you know that your gender matches the sex uh, uh you know that you were assigned at birth um so coming out can be really stressful and uh, uh it, that's the thing that i suppose connects so many people within the lgbt community is supporting each other with that that coming out part so as well as the peer support groups, we, we provide a lot of direct support as well to young people via telephone, text, email, and uh, teams. And that can be about, again, coming out to family and friends, issues at school, issues in your sports club, um, mental health issues, sexual health issues, issues around drugs and alcohol, um, lots of things. We've got four youth workers now. Uh, who work full-time and, and, and do amazing work supporting young people. Um, we also support a network of LGBT groups across the country uh, that are hosted by national big organisations, national organisations like Youth Work Ireland and um, uh, Floregan Crosscare. And they have, um, in different parts around the country, they may have an LGBT-specific group so we we support the youth workers in in those groups you know we you know we help share policy and best practice and the idea is that no matter where you are as a young person in the country that you have access to the same quality of 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 youth work and can feel welcome and, and supported um so we do that and then we do a lot of work as well in the kind of policy and um and legislative side of things so we work with government and departments and uh, government departments and 
lobby for policy change and improvements and we try and change the systems and the structures I suppose that continue to harm and, and cause problems for LGBT young people um, so that's kind of what we do and, and you might ask why do we need belong to now sure when we got marriage equality and gender recognition um, and the truth is I wish that was true but unfortunately you know we have got really great um, constitutional and even legal protections for LGBT uh, people in, in, in Ireland but it takes time it takes um, time to unpick and undo um, a lot of those deeply held um, prejudice and, and ideas about uh, gender identity and sexual orientation and even LGBT people go around with unconscious bias you know it's deeply deeply ingrained in you know so we have to check ourselves and we have to remind each other and and um you know and that's what campaigns like stand up um in schools is all about it's about uh, empowering young people to um you know be upstanders instead of bystanders when they hear homophobic or transphobic language being used or behavior you need to say hey look that's that's not cool to use that kind of language that you know those words harm um, and you, you just shouldn't do it, you know. So, yeah, lots of work to be done still in terms of, you know, changing attitudes, changing behaviour, uh, reducing the isolation and the sometimes exclusion that young LGBT people um, and that fear of rejection, really, um, on the journey of coming out that, uh, that many young people feel uh, or experience and, and you know, can cause all sorts of problems, which we'll probably talk about later on in, in the programme. Absolutely. And I think you're right there. You know, there's there, there can be this sort of assumption that, you know, we're very progressive in Ireland. You know, we have marriage equality and, you know, it's 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 not illegal anymore to, to be non-cisgender, non-heterosexual. But in reality, that's, that's still very recent developments for us as a country. Like, you know, it, most most young people you know they live through one or both of the of those becoming reality yeah and and you know what's happened is it weirdly is because those amazing um steps forward happen with with gender recognition and marriage equality uh, young people got the message it's okay to come out you know and, and it is and it should be um and that's why we've seen increasing numbers of young people coming out but the thing is that society kind of hasn't you know and our systems haven't and our structures like schools and healthcare systems haven't really caught up yet. So that's unfortunately where you know, some young people really run into difficulties is in, in spaces like that, healthcare spaces and school spaces, sometimes in their communities and, and even sometimes still in their homes. You know, um, we still unfortunately, um, uh, you know, support young people who are experiencing homelessness and their um, sexual orientation or gender identity may be a contributing factor to that. Uh, maybe, a, a, you know, it's not a home isn't a safe place for them. Um, they're not accepted and it, 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 and it just, um, you know, they can be sometimes subjected to homophobic and transphobic uh, abuse, whether that's emotional, um, or even sometimes physical. So uh, thankfully that's less and less, but that, that, that still 
that still happens, you know. Absolutely. I know in the, the research we conducted in USI in 2019, um, we did ask people about their, their gender and sexual identities, and we did notice while there was a much smaller proportion of our respondents self-identified in those categories, their levels of distress across different measures were disproportionately higher. And I know as well that it was something that you would have mentioned through lockdown in, in several of the calls that we've been on, and um, that, you know, lockdown had a really big impact on, on many members of this community in lots of different ways. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, you know, even before COVID, uh, LGBT young people are, are at a much increased risk of mental health problems. Um, Again, not because they're LGBT, but because of prejudice and stigma and, um, you know, deeply held biases um, uh, and then the resulting um, exclusion that they may feel or fear of rejection and, uh, uh, and them have feeling that they have to hide who they are and uh, live a closeted life and, you know, be careful of using you know um when they're talking about friends being constantly self-policing in, in front of family members or friends um until they feel safe to come out I mean that's a lot of stress that's a lot of stress in a, in, a, in a young person's life um and you know the the LGBT Ireland report which was published back in 2016 now but we're hoping to rerun it again next year found that LGBT young people were twice as likely to experience um, self-harm, three times as likely to experience suicide ideation, and four times as likely to experience stress or anxiety um, or depression than their um, non-LGBT friends and family members. Um, so that's why, you know, uh, we work on both sides. We, we work to try and make mental health, to provide the mental health services or to work with the existing mental health services to make sure that they are welcoming and supportive and safe for LGBT young people to access them. But we also try and change the systems and the structures so to reduce prejudice and homophobia and transphobia um, in society um, and in our schools and in our healthcare uh, systems and in our laws and our policies. So that harm doesn't just continue generation after generation, that we we can stop it somehow so that this and future generations don't have to experience what you know my generation experienced growing up in Ireland you know um, uh, and that's the hope that's what, what we continue to work for. Absolutely and you know within local student unions you would have specific officers that students can go to if, if they're LGBT and they're, you know, they're struggling anyway, whether it be with mental health or, or their studies or anything, you know, equality officers, diversity officers, welfare officers, um, and obviously there'd be the, the general college support structures like counselling services. But are there other, like, what would be your advice if there's a student listening to this who is kind of feeling that level of, of distress and is a member of the LGBT community? So the first thing I'd say is that you're not alone and you're not, um, you know, weird or anything like that. You know, um, there are, you know, probably between six and 10% of the population are LGBT in Ireland. So if you even look at the, what that means in terms of the numbers of people in your college, you know, there's probably a lot of, of young people in your college who are LGBT. So 
it's really good to find somebody that you can open it up to. Um, you know, we run a campaign every year called Better Out Than In, um, where we try and encourage young people to open up to somebody else, whether that's a trusted friend or family member or a counsellor or, you know, you know, you were talking about, you know, welfare officers, anybody really who has a bit of experience who can be a listening ear and can maybe signpost you if you need uh, more clinical support. So if it, if it is clinical depression or anxiety that you're experiencing, you know, it's really good to get support, you know, to go to counselling and, um, and sometimes go to your GP. Sometimes medication can play a role in, in, in all of that. But I think really finding your tribe, finding your peers is such an important part because it builds your resilience. It, it, it takes away that feeling of isolation and exclusion. You know, a lot of the things that are going on in your head, you'll, you'll find out that you're not the first person to be thinking those things or wondering those things. So, you know, finding a, 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 um, an LGBT society on campus or, you know, finding a, an LGBT youth group um, maybe in the town nearest. So you can jump onto um, belongto.org and we've got a list of um, LGBT groups up there. So, you know, whether you're in college in Dublin or uh, Cork or Galway or wherever you are, um, hopefully there'll be an LGBT youth group near you. And nowadays anyway, because a lot of them are online, you know, um, you know once you have access to the internet, you could maybe join one virtually. And I think I know from young people that they find that a huge resource, uh, a huge help. Um, uh, you know, when you're when you're struggling, maybe when you haven't really worked out for yourself, maybe that you know who you are, and um, you know, do I who do I fancy as a boy, as a girl, you know, um, or am I, you know, male or female? Like all those kind of questions, find a safe space for you to explore. And that's what, you know, youth services are about. It's not about, we don't tell you when you come in, oh, yeah, you're gay or, oh, yeah, you're, you're trans. You find that out for yourself. Um, and um, it's about providing you with a safe space where you can chat with other people who've had similar experiences to you and, and work that out for yourself. But the main thing is to know that you're safe, you're normal, you're fabulous, whoever you are, whatever your gender identity or sexual orientation and the other thing is to remember that everyone has those as well. You know, the, the issue is that if you're heterosexual, you'd never have to think about your sexual orientation because people just presume you're heterosexual. So you never really, it's not something that you think about. Um, likewise, if, if you're cisgender, if, you're, if your gender assigned to you at birth matches how you feel about yourself, then you never really think about your gender identity. Um, that's just the, the privilege of being part of the 90%, I suppose. Um, but, you know, the, the, it's also completely um, normal and appropriate at, as, as adolescents, as young adults, to explore these sides of you. It's, it's part of the fun of being, you know, young and being able to do all that kind of stuff, explore that, um, you know, uh, whether you're... Um, you know, gay, queer, pan, whatever, you know, and, and just because you come out as one thing one day doesn't mean that's you for the rest of your life as well. There's no laws around this stuff. You are you and your sexual orientation and your gender identity are personal to you. And whether you want to put a label on that or you don't want to put a label on that, that's fine too. Uh, but the big thing, I think, is just not to kind of 
ruminate on things by yourself for too long, you know. You know, yeah, it's good to kind of self-reflect and do that kind of thinking sometimes by yourself, but it's also really great to do it in a group setting or, or with somebody else. Um, and like I said, whether that's in a youth group or in a, in a society or with a counsellor or a welfare officer, just it's about finding that safe space for you to, to, to do some of that thinking. from donating to your you know the lgbt sock on campus or volunteering or what uh, whatever you can do right to you know just making sure that your friends and family members know that you're an ally supporting lgbt events um promoting them online um using your pronouns online on your social media handles or in your signature and your email all you know just little small nods that that show uh, that I know um, you exist and I support you, I'm an ally. Um, sometimes speaking up when calling things out when it's not right, when you hear language or you see behavior that is um, homophobic or transphobic, it's, it's having the confidence and the conviction to stand up. Um, um, because it shouldn't always come down to LGBT people to have to do that, you know. Um, it's it's uh, being an ally, uh, an LGBT ally is like, you know, being an ally with Black Lives Matter. You don't have to be black to stand up um, and, and show your support for Black Lives Matter. Neither do you have to be LGBT to support uh, your LGBT friends and family. Um, it, it's it's about calling out behavior and attitudes and language that's, that's, that's harmful and asking people to use language that heals, that heal instead of hurt. So things like that, you know, Trans Awareness Week, uh, showing your support online, Pride. I mean, there's so many um, days or weeks during the year that you can do it, but just every day, um, I think it's important. Um, uh, one little trick that, you know, some people like to do is just wearing little rainbow badges or, or little pins or something like that. Um, it shows that you're an ally. Um, you know, just, just endless ways you can show. It's kind of like you can do it visually or um, or by participating in in um, events and, 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 and just showing solidarity. Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting what you said. There's a whole spectrum of actions. There are the big ones that maybe you have to 
feel encouraged to stand up and speak out maybe you know against other friends and, and things like that but then there's those smaller everyday actions that really everybody can take and it's a small action but it can make a big difference in the life of somebody else I think yeah you never know in your circle of friends or on your followers on social media who's out there who might be struggling so even small little little steps that that you think is no hassle is nothing could really brighten somebody's day out there and and make them feel um you know good about themselves and it costs you nothing to do that and 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 isn't that wonderful that we can do that you know um so uh, it's just being mindful of, of things like that and um um like i said you just don't know in your circle of friends who who may be in the process of coming out so it's always just making sure that wherever you are that um spaces are, are whether they're in person or online are safe and inclusive and welcoming absolutely and i think as well the, the long two website has um, a wealth of really good resources so we will link to, to the website in the show notes as well um well, listen, Benunia, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I think, um, you know, the students that listen to this will get a lot of benefit from, from our chat today. So thanks so much. It's been my absolute pleasure, Sarah. As I said, we've loads of information and resources. We work with amazing organisations like Pieta and My Mind um, and lots of other organisations spun out who have their 24-7 text line. So many places um, out there that you can find support. Um, so you know as we as we say in, in belong to it's always better better out than in so get in touch and get the help wherever you need it absolutely so thank you for listening to today's episode connecting minds is made possible thanks to funding from the national office for suicide prevention if you have any comments or questions about today's episode the podcast or the work usi are doing with student mental health please feel free to contact us details of how to do so are available in the show notes Sources of support are also included in the, in the show notes. Please reach out for help if you are struggling in any way with your mental health. Take care for now.